Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Golden Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody. What am I doing here? It's Sunday evening. Yes, Sunday evening. Uh, I was not around, of course, for this afternoon's show, which I hear was splendid. Um, typical. Uh, all the ones where I don't show up usually are. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not here alone. No, uh, I brought along Dave AC to ask me some hard-hitting questions. And also his companion, Randall Thor. Hi, guys. Hey, hello. Hello. Yes, uh, as Dave will have... Uh, well, actually, yeah, I, I heard my intro today, Dave. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The, the lowbrow's gone? Was that, was, it, was that what you said? No, I said, look at me so lowbrow. Cause speaking of lowbrow, Ian's speaking not going to be here. Speaking of lowbrow, here. Thanks for that. Yeah, you'll get yours. <laughs> uh, but yes, apparently it was a very good show. I will have a listen to that a little later on. Uh, but the reason why we're here is would have told you earlier today, is I was up in Orlando this weekend for Megacon. Yes, uh, it's a lovely convention that, uh, that that takes place around about February um, every year up in, in, in Orlando. And I've been to it once before with Liam, and uh, so we thought we'd go up again because there was Kate Mulgrew was going to be there. I don't even know why uh, you guys are here. I'm just going to talk. You know. <laughs> Well, that's something, that's something. So we should just say that this was going on at the very same time as um, uh, Gallifrey One, our yes. uh, Network 23, was going on over at uh, the Marriott Hotel in Los Angeles. So, um, but the, the, you know, there are things that overlap and go on at other times. Uh, just to say that this was well, you can tell us who was there, but uh, mm-hmm. it was not really Doctor Who related, was it? We should say no. that. Although the Cotton Collective, we do do all sorts of different science fiction and programs. Indeed, as Ian just referred to there uh, earlier today, and if that's the episode you were trying to track down, uh, the one with Perry G uh, to boldly go in science, uh, just check back on your iTunes and you'll find it there. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, we decided that we were going to go up. Uh, DM Wallen was supposed to join us, but uh, unfortunately had to pull out at the last minute. We hadn't bought tickets yet, so that made it a lot easier. But we had a room, and so we stayed up there for the weekend um, and went on Saturday. Uh, and my wife 
last minute decided that she would come too. So it turned out to be a, a family affair, which was really nice because I kind of wanted Megan and, and, and Callum, even though Callum was quite young, um, to, to come to MegaCon. I just wanted it to be a, uh, a lovely family thing. And it was. Uh, this is where to begin, I guess. Uh, I guess the beginning, <laughs> begin at the beginning... Uh, because it took Megan a little while to decide whether she was going to come or not, we ended up leaving the house a little later than, I mean, the um, the hotel a little later than we should have. Unfortunately, we also left the tickets on the table. Oh. Um, we got there, unfortunately, the, the, I mean, no, no convention is perfect. Uh, one of the downsides with Megacon this year is you had to park in Miami. Um, no, but seriously, a lot... For those of you who don't know the Orlando Convention Center, if you want to Google it, please feel free, because it'll probably explain itself better than I can. Um, it's a very large facility. It encompasses numerous buildings and numerous parking lots. The one that we ended up having to park in was a good distance, uh, probably a, a mile or two away from where the convention hall was. Uh, convention Hall D, um, but there was a lot going on uh, in in that one complex, and uh, actually, a friend of a work an ex workmate of my wife's uh, was at a, another convention in that same building. Megan Megan mentioned it on Facebook. She goes, "What? I was I was just there too at a different thing." Um, so that was that was kind of fun, except for the walk. But um, if you've seen any of the photos of me recently. I could do with the exercise. <laughs> I mean, which uh, for for an American, uh, the, not that you are an American, but living in America, mm. that's a hefty length of walk, especially right. pushing the the uh, pushchair. I would imagine. Right. Uh, one of the annoying things about it too is is there is a service. Of, um, I don't know what they call them, but they're basically bicycles with the the seats in the back, where you you know they got a trailer thing attached at the back, and they. They'll give you a ride up to the convention hall from the parking lot, which sounds really, really good, apart from if you have a stroller, which means you've got to fold it up and you've got to get in. And, and there is a shuttle bus. But again, you've got to fold up the stroller. By the time you wait for the bus, then get yourself loaded on there, you could have been there already. So we decided to just follow the crowd and walk, and we took our time. Because we took our time, uh, I missed... Uh, the opportunity to get a photo with um, Robert Picardo, who, and I'm sorry to say this, Robert, but you can choice, yes. Uh, the the main reason why we were heading to Megacon in the first place originally was the fact that uh, Kate Mulgrew, uh, better known as Cat, Captain Catherine Janeway from Voyager, was going to be there. Uh, about a month and a half, two months ago, uh, she had to pull out because of other engagements. And uh, so we hummed and hard about it, but we decided to go anyway, and Liam said he still wanted to go. Uh, there were enough people there that we wanted to see, and to be honest, I mean, yes, there's great guests there, but there's other stuff going on too. There's a, just miles, <laughs> at least, I think, two miles of uh, convention floor space filled with all sorts of uh, vendors and and cosplayers roaming everywhere. We should just say I'm going to let you say, ask me a question yeah. now because otherwise I'll just talk nonstop and then. 
Well, I mean, once you've mentioned the bike, I was going to say to Ian, this sounds like one of Tim's reports here. But uh, yeah. if you if you want to know a little bit about it, the the home page of the convention is at yes. just www.megaconvention.com. Uh, it seems rather unique to me. I suppose it's a little bit like Comic Con in a way because uh, they they list the guests. In, in two different distinct groups. There's the media guests and the comic book guests. Now, I'm taking it that although you perhaps in the past have read comics, you were mainly there and interested in the media guests. And, and I'm hoping when, if we deal with those first, uh, and perhaps Mike might be able to mop up the uh, the comic book guests a little bit for us mm. um, uh, when we go to that as a second part. But um, you said you'd gone without your tickets, so I assume that you, you oh, yeah. surmounted that hurdle. Right. What? Yes, that's the brilliant thing about, and I don't know whether this is down to um, the, I don't know who handles the ticket booths at Megacon, whether it is uh, uh, Megacon's own people or whether it is the convention hall themselves, but a wonderfully adaptable um, as, as as we lined up, people are holding the things like you got to have. If you have a barcode thing, basically, if you bought your tickets online and printed out the PDF, then this was the line for you. And so I'm just, you know, I'm rubbing my hands together, going, oh, great. And I got the stroller and I got Liam because Megan had because uh, last minute she decided to come. She had to go stand outside in line to buy a ticket. But anyway, uh, enough about that later, uh, or more about that later. Uh, so we got up to the counter, and I said, "I know I don't have my ticket because I know it's on the, you know, the kitchen table uh, back at the hotel." And the guy's like, "Oh," I'm like, "But I do have this, my iPhone." And I was able to go to the email that I got my confirmation in, click on the link, which took me to the PDF of my tickets, and he was able to. They tried scanning it; didn't work on the scanner, but they were able to get the code off the barcode and give us uh, our wrist uh, bracelet thingies that say that we're allowed to win. So that was fantastic. Like I said, I don't know who's, who I have to thank for that, whether it's the convention hall or Megacon or both, but brilliant the fact that um, you guys could get me in even though I screwed up. <laughs> but yes, right after, we got out, yeah, right after we got out our tickets, we went outside to find Megan and Right at that exact moment, she had just got done because there was quite a sizable line outside of people buying tickets on the day. Um, large amount of people there. Well, quite just on that on that thing alone, then um, mm. uh, I, I know from what I've heard about the uh, Gallifrey One uh, that the usually had about sixteen, eighteen hundred. This year, they were expecting uh, uh, something like three thousand. Now, this event that you, you went to is mm. is is also a three day event. Uh, right. You went on the on the Saturday, right. uh, so d do we have any idea of the the sorts of uh, numbers they were expecting? Or I mean, is it, is, well, is it comparable in size? I mean, that's what I'm trying to say, I suppose. Um, having never been to Galley, um, I'm not really sure. Uh, I do know that that uh, for the size of the event space, uh, it was very hard to find an empty place to stand. Uh, there were just, uh, it was just a sea of people, I understand, and especially when you were walking around the vendor booths and everything, there was just, it was just nothing but shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people. Uh, so I'd say 
as far as uh, tickets sold, they're probably it's probably a bigger convention than Galley, just based on the fact that Galley's held in a in a hotel uh, which has got prob probably limited space in comparison to uh, to MegaCon, where it's got basically a, a large convention floor. Right. Uh, but as far as I don't think they have as many panels going on. Uh, they're they don't have as much programming, if you if you ask me. But it's more about they going there, meeting uh, a multitude of guests, uh, and perusing the vendors, and uh, and also the the artist alley. They've got a rather large artist alley, which you're alluding to, and we'll get to a bit later. Um, and of course, you know all the media guests that you can get signatures from. <laughs> Ooh, righty-o. Yes. Mike, any setup questions you want to ask before Ian talks about his first encounters? Hmm. I'm just wondering, it, while browsing, walking around the, the floor, did you happen to, uh, just on a chance, run into any famous people? Just wandering around, because I, I've seen reports of people meeting some famous people just yes. wandering around. Um. I didn't see anybody when I was just wandering around, but while I was in the area and I was testing my recorder because I was supposed to be doing an interview with uh, Daniel Logan, which we'll talk about later. It's not going to happen yet, but anyway. Uh, I'm standing there talking into my thing and Megan taps me on the shoulder and she goes, look who's behind you. And uh, <laughs> I look behind me and uh, there was Paul McGillian, who uh, played Dr. Carson Beckett on... Stargate Atlantis, just standing behind me. And I'm still, I mean, I've been to very few conventions, and so the whole um, TV star standing behind me thing still makes me kind of squee. Do we still say squee? I don't know. <laughs> but it does. I, I was like, <laughs> there he was, and brainy specs and all, too, um, standing right behind me talking to somebody, and it's just it's still something I haven't got over. Uh, I, you know, and I'll get on to guests now since we've we've got got there. Uh, I didn't right. see anybody else wandering around, but um, David Anders was there supposedly. I didn't see him. Uh, Bruce Boxleitner was there. Saw him. Didn't go up and say hello, but you know, I get kind of nervous when I'm there. Uh, Nicholas Brennan, who's in Buffy, was there. Charisma Carpenter. We'll get to that in a minute. There's a story. Tia Carrera was there. Uh, Lauren Cohen from Vampire Diaries. Don't know who she is. Sorry, Lauren. But you look very pretty. Uh, Tom Felton was very popular. There were two very, very popular people there. Well, actually three. Stan Lee, but he was off in an area of his, on his own. He wasn't in the main signature area, so there was a, an event thing separate from the rest. Uh, but I never, did, I never saw the man, so I can't really say how popular that whole thing was <laughs> but yes there were a lot of people there to see Tom Felton while I was lining up to or while I was standing around kind of uh, get the courage up to go talk to Charisma Carpenter get to that story in a minute um, they were being very they're, they're like no photos no photos because she was next to Tom Felton uh, of but course there were he people... played uh, Draco Malfoy didn't he yes and Harry Potter yes excuse me sometimes I just talk too much and I forget details <laughs> Happens all the time, and uh, but yes, they were very protective of uh, of, of Tom. Um, it's the most I've ever seen him smile. 
And but yeah, they were like waving people on, like unless you're lining up for you know uh, charisma, you know, please get out of the area because people are just standing there, and you know they've got their iPhones and they're trying to take pictures of Tom, and there's a big sign saying no photos. Um, but also, uh, Stephen Frost was there, Peter Jurisic, both from uh, Babylon Five, Londo, and and, and Veer. Um, Daniel Logan was there. Uh, like I said, I'd get to this, and here it is. Uh, unfortunately, the recording quality that I would have been able to get at the convention was not great. There was so much when you the convention hall is basically, if you put like fifty no six hundred garages all together, knock out the walls in between. It's just it's a big, huge open space. Right. And all the noise is all around you. There's nothing stopping it. Um, and so it would have been too much background noise. I did uh, speak to his handler at the time and uh, passed on, had him pass on a message to uh, Daniel's agent, and I'll try and get back in touch with him within the next week or so and maybe set something up um, either by phone or by Skype and see if I can uh, have a little interview with him. Anyway... So, unfortunately, they, that didn't go to plan. Uh, um, Peter Mayhew was actually uh, sitting uh, next to him. Uh, who, uh, those of you who follow me on Facebook, last time we were at MegaCon, we actually got to, to meet him. Eddie McClendon, House 13, was there, along with Saul Rubinek. I did get a chance to talk to Saul, uh, who plays Artie Nelson on, uh, on, on Warehouse 13. He was also in Frasier as Donnie Douglas, if everybody, anybody remembers that. Uh, he's also yeah. been in episodes of Eureka, uh, Star Trek Next Generation. He kidnapped Data. Um, but yeah, I, I, I went up to him. I didn't get an autograph or anything, but I just went up there and thanked him for uh, Warehouse 13 and uh, said my wife and I just got done watching it on, catching up with it on Netflix, and we love it, and thank you. I don't know if he quite knew what to say. Just I wasn't asking for an, uh, an autograph or, like, you know, gushing too much. I was just, yeah. But anyway, uh... As I said, Paul McGillian was there. Joseph Morgan from The Vampire Diaries was there. Uh, Corin Nemec, uh, who's been in quite a lot of things, but he, most of our audience will have known him from Stargate SG-1 as Jonas Quinn. Uh, Valerie Perrin was there, who uh, is Miss Tasmarker from uh, uh, Super... Uh, she was actually right next to Robert Picardo, who on the website is right next to her. Uh, and the picture that I've now got on Facebook, you'll actually see her sign... Uh, behind us. <laughs> no, that's not her in the photo. <laughs> it's just her sign behind us. Uh, David Prowse was also there. Darth Vader. Well, the man inside the suit of Darth Vader. Uh, Tim Russ was there. I actually saw him in passing. He was just leaving as uh, Robert Picardo came back. And uh, so, unfortunately, my son didn't get to see him because he's also in a was in a TV show that my son watched uh, called um, iCarly. Uh, Matt Which, if I remember, is a show that Darth Skeptical quite likes. Mm. Yes, it's a good show. There's nothing wrong with our Carly. It's good. Uh, Brent Spiner was there. I didn't go and see him. I don't know. I've heard. I've heard that he's I've heard odd reports about Brent, and I just I don't know. I didn't know want to confirm it. I guess that he can be a bit of a dick. But I don't. I don't know. It, it, it may be just uh, this this persona he's got. I know on Twitter he comes off as being uh, 
um, a bit of a dick. <laughs> so I guess it's one of those times where you just rather let them stay as data and off in this little world rather than in reality. Right. Uh, Arthur uh, Sidon was there uh, from the Zombie King. Uh, Zeb Wells from uh, Robot Chicken and the Amazing Spider-Man was there. Uh, Brennan Elliott. Cindy Morgan, who was also in Tron. Uh, Michael Bailey Smith. Uh, Laura Bailey. Uh, you, you, you can find all of these on the on the uh, on the website because I don't really know who they are. That's why I'm skimming through them. Uh, well, Laura Bailey, Soul Eater, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Todd Habercorn, who also formed Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood. Uh, Mark Meir from Mass Effect 1 through 3. Um, this gentleman was, and I'm probably going to screw up his name, I'm sorry. I keep uh, pronouncing his last name. Vic Mignogna was extremely it. popular. It was probably Tom Felton, then him. Because it's. Uh, I'm guessing he does a lot of anime-type stuff. Yeah, he and also voiced the main character for the original English dub of Full Metal Alchemist, and he does a lot of characters on a various... A lot a lot of series. It's Subasa Chronicles mis- listed on the site. He also does a character in Bleach. He, d- he does a lot of things. He's really popular. Right. But, like, all the anime people were in line, because, half, I mean, 90% of them were in costume anyway. But they're... Uh, it, it, went out of the graph area and around the side and, and almost down to the other entrance um, for the <laughs> signing area. It was quite astounding because you're used to seeing um, long lines for people that have faces that have been on TV. Um, and I guess it's, it's kind of a neat thing that a, a, that a, a voice artist has such a following um, and it's a good thing to see. Uh, Brianna Palencia I think <laughs> was also there. Uh, Christopher Sabat. Most of these are anime people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Travis Willingham was there. If you, if if you know who they are, then <laughs> then you're good. <laughs> uh, also, they had a, a a large tattoo contingent there. Uh, they had a couple of uh, uh, tattoo groups set up there. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, Mark Draven, who's a uh, creator of Ink Infusion. And he's also a celebrity tattoo artist. Arnie Starr was there, who's actually at Megacon. He uh, uh, has uh, been on many, many shows as, as an extra, um, and also does uh, a, a trailer show where the he shows a, a lot of the uh, upcoming movie trailers. Uh, also, there was a, a band there called Emerald Rose. Uh, yeah, basically musical groups, and the Ghost Hunters were there. Yeah, so that that covers the media guests. Um, wow. And let me let me go back to Robert Picardo. Well, just before you do that, I mean, the okay. whole point about a show like this is the the wide range of guests they've got. So mm. presumably, uh, you know, any anybody going there is probably only going for uh, to see half a dozen of those, aren't they? So right. I mean, they're trying to hit all the different interests. So there's obviously a lot there for people that are interested in the Star Trek universe, a lot of people interested in, in presumably ghost hunters and uh, and uh, the the other ones. So I mean, it, 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 it's highly unlikely that anybody's going to go and know more than 
six or eight of those, I would have thought, uh, or maybe right. a dozen, and the others will be completely unknown to them. Right. I mean, I knew quite a lot of them, um, having followed a number of shows and that. But again, you know, there was only a few that I was there to actually see. The funny thing is, is up until a month ago, I had no idea who Eddie McClintock was and what Warehouse 13 was all about. I knew of Sol Rubinek from other things. Um, but yeah, I had no idea about Warehouse 13. But somebody can ask me about that in a minute. Robert Picardo, as I said, I didn't get to have my photo taken with him at the Froggy's photo booth, which is, they do professional photographs, um, so you get nice lighting and everything, and they'll send you the, the, the picture as a JPEG and everything. So um was kind of looking forward to doing that. Unfortunately, I missed my opportunity to book ahead, uh, which actually is a good thing because because we were so late, I didn't get my chance because it's this very small window. They get as many people in as they can, which I can understand. You know, you don't want to lollygag, especially when you've got as many guests there as as they do. They basically spend fifteen to twenty minutes uh, per artist or artist grouping because they'll do Robert Picardo and Tim Russ and then they'll do the Warehouse 13 people as a group. And so you can either have, you know, uh, they'll usually do group shots. So you can do, you know, the Voyager group shot or the Warehouse 13 group shot or the Babylon 5 group shot. Uh, but anyway, Robert Picardo was sitting out in the signature area, and so I went up and I looked at the sign, and it said $25 for, an auto, for basically an autograph, which is on one of his photos, and $10 for a posed shot, which means he comes around the table, stands next to you with his arm around you, and your wife takes a photo, which is exactly what he did. And he was lovely. Uh, again, uh, I had mentioned before that I didn't go to see Brent Spiner because it's kind of one of those things that's better off over here. Not that it was a disappointment meeting Robert Picardo, but as my mother always says, they just put their pants on one leg at a time like everyone else. And Liam actually said, it's weird just seeing them sitting there. It's not like they're celebrities at all. Right. And he does have a point. Um, but it's still fun to meet them. And and I, I enjoy being able to to talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, although I never get to say what I want to say. Because <laughs> I get very, very nervous. So, next question. Well, no, I mean, uh, your, your picture, you've already made use of it, haven't you, on your Facebook? Yes, it's up there at the moment. It needs a bit of editing, but I'll, I'll fix that. So, yeah, if anyone goes to my uh, Facebook page, I'll also uh, post it into the page, uh, get a chance. There's some red-eye removing to be done. I might uh, have taken two shots and only took one. You broke up slightly there. Where is it? oh, Where's the other sorry. place it's going to be? Um, I'm going to try and post it in the Colton, on the Colton page. Oh, brilliant. So those of you who uh, are on the Colton page but aren't necessarily friends of mine can see it. Um, it looks very good, by the way. He's oh. got a, a genuine-looking smile. and both of you. What I mean is he doesn't look as though, oh, not another. Right. You know, he, he looks relaxed. He looks as though he's enjoying himself. And actually, to be frank, I think that's better value at 10 bucks than uh, having one that's... Post. Know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're there with your one of your yeah. heroes, sort of thing. Yeah, 
It, it was actually. I, I, I'm kind of glad because there was nobody. Well, there was one person I think behind us in line, uh, and some of the people like like I went up to Saul Rubinick, and like again, like I said, I don't think he knew what to do. But some, it was kind of go up there and sign, and and you were kind of done. With Robert, I mean, I went up there. As soon as, as soon as I got up there, he stuck his hand out and he shook my hand, which really kind of threw me off balance. There, I was uh, <laughs> like, I was I was uh, talking with Dave last night because um, we had a story to tell. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on in this show, um, but there's a lot on on Facebook at the moment. You're, you're probably aware if you're on there. There's these pictures going around of of like what you do as a job and it's like what my parents think I do and there's a picture of that and it's like you know what my friends think I do and there's like six series of pictures and then there's the what I actually do uh, you know there's all sorts of things about like if you were talking to a celebrity you know what I you know what my friends think when I meet a celebrity and you know my last picture where it says, where it says you know what I actually did is, is me tripping over my, my tongue going <laughs> oh yeah oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt like I was uh, talking to him, but um, he, he was quite funny. He said, uh, "I said I don't know which picture to pick," and I, I had a go at him because there was no pictures with him and Kate Mulgrew, which I would have liked to have gotten because if she ever comes back like next year, it would have been great to get you know two of them together in a picture and have them sign because they're my two favorite characters from the show. But I digress. And he says, well, I'm bald in, in all of them. I'm like, hey, that's okay. That's the way we like you. And he goes, huh. And I'm like, hey, you've got more hair than my dad. And he goes, that's hard to believe. Is that even possible? <laughs> so he was quite funny. And then when he came, oh, excuse me, and when he came out to get the wine, <laughs> uh, when he came out uh, to get the picture taken, um, he, like I said, he put his arm around me first. I didn't go, you know, here. You know, he... I let him do that, and then I'm like, okay, I'm putting my arm around him as well because that's cool. <laughs> You're and, my new uh, special, my new special <laughs> new friend. Special friend. <laughs> um, and so uh, Megan took the photo, and I said, okay. And he goes, okay, thank you. And I'm like, thank you. Now, who do I pay? And he pointed to the lady, and I turned around, and apparently, as he was telling me that, he shook Megan's hand, and also like ruffled Liam's hair, which I thought was lovely. I mean. By no means am I like, oh, he really liked us, you know. Uh, Robert Picardo's like, thinks we're cool. No, he's got a job to do when he's there. And I'm in, under no illusions of that. For the money, he's good value because he was friendly and he was friendly to my family. And that means a lot to me that. Uh, he's got a level of professionalism rather than just signing the photo and going thank you, you know, or thank you for watching, and and then just dismissing me or standing next to me to lift it off and then going and sitting back down. Yeah, yeah. He, no, he took the time. Yeah, you know, took the time to to have a bit of conversation and was you know nice to the people who were with me, and that means a lot, especially for the money, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's not doing the absolute minimum that he no. can get away with. No, I mean he, he he really kind of you know puts himself out there, and I I really appreciate that. You know, uh, I'm yeah, hoping yeah. at some point I can get an interview with him, but I'm not holding my breath. But you know, 
Now, I take it he wasn't in costume and looking at the picture he's not, but um, no. I believe you were in some sort of costume. Yes, I had my Colton Collective podcast t-shirt on, which, unfortunately, my wife couldn't back up far enough because there were people right behind us. And uh, so you can't really see all of it. But there was another guest there that I have not mentioned. Ooh. And that was a TARDIS. Now, uh, the Happiness Patrol... Uh, <laughs> I've gone blank now. What was he going to say? Happiness Patrol. Uncle Lou. Oh, that's where I was going. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at these pictures. Lincoln. Yeah, Uncle Lou is there. He's just finished his TARDIS. Uh, he, I think he put the last code on it you know, during the week. And he bought it to Megacon. Now... Uh, they've had a Doctor Who guest there before at Megacon that I'm aware of, but that was brought in by Hurricane Who um, in order to you know, promote Hurricane Who and, and to pull people towards the table. Uh, they've also had a Torchwood guest there. Um, but so far, I don't think they've had any um, Doctor Who guests. I suggest that they think about it because the amount of people who came up to that to, to lose TARDIS to get photos was phenomenal. Um, the amount of t-shirts or Doctor Who t-shirts, I saw probably 24. At, at, at the time when I was talking to, to, to Lou about it, I said, I've seen uh, uh, 11 11th Doctors. And and by the, by the time we got done, I'd seen a whole lot more. I'd seen a couple of fours. Um, and a really good... Uh, uh, Steampunk K9 they had there too uh, but I'd really suggest that they, they think about getting a Doctor Who guest in because quite clearly it was popular and, and, and next time let, let Uncle Lou um, put his TARDIS somewhere a little more open so that because actually he was clogging the main entranceway to the signature area because I don't really think that they thought it would be that popular. They thought people would just walk past it, did they? Yeah, or or, <laughs> uh, or every every like half hour, somebody had one of their photo taken. No, there was a guy dressed as the master in in the the hoodie with the red shirt and everything. Oh. Um, and he looked dead good too because he had the bleach blonde hair. And right. from a distance, if you kind of you know stood back a bit, you'd be like. Because he was the right build for it and everything. Because, I mean, some people dress up as... Like, if I dressed up as the Sixth Doctor and and, and had a, a good-looking wig, um, I could probably pass for him because of my girth. Now, <laughs> I could do Trial of the Time Lord Colin Baker. <laughs> I couldn't do Twin <laughs> Dilemma Colin Baker. God, it sounds like an Elvis thing, doesn't it? <laughs> You're talking about yeah, thin Elvis or fat Elvis. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he was. He looked really good because when we got, first got there and saw the TARDIS and everything, he was there taking his photo, pretending to sneak in there. Oh, it was awesome. But it was really, really popular, and there was a lot of of Doctor Who T-shirt wearers and people going by, going, oh, "It's the TARDIS." So yeah, next time, put him somewhere decent where photo ops are more um, plausible. They had actually some some nice things a lot set up along the sides where people could uh, take photos. They had, somebody had done a, uh, it looked like the outside of one of the huts at, uh, on Tatooine. 
from from Star Wars, and they had like uh, Jar Jar Binks sitting there and, and stuff, and people could take their pictures there and stuff. And then the like the inside of a spaceship looking kind of set, which is really nice. I, I'm surprised nobody's thought of this kind of thing before um, of, of building these like mini sets for people to just pose on. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, they should definitely think of of of, of uh, doing some more Doctor Who stuff and and letting Uncle Lou, you know, charge five bucks for a photo with the TARDIS because he put a lot of nice work into that. And I mean, it was nice. They gave him free admission to the con and 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 the space to set it up and and that. But uh, yeah, it was very very popular and it was nice. Anyway, I've rambled enough. Somebody asked no, me something no, no. else that I can... <laughs> well, first of all, the, that, you've got a nice picture on your profile of uh, of the two of you in front of his TARDIS, so mm-hmm. it was great, yeah. and um, uh, I hope you uh, complimented him on his handiwork, and uh, you're quite right about having Doctor Who guests, because there are quite a number of them that, that actually live in America, especially if we think of some of the stars from the uh, the... The, the TV movie. Mm. So, I mean, there are one or two that they don't have to sort of bring them over from Europe. Uh, right. or, or they may have they may have been actually in some other science fiction thing, but also been a guest on on Doctor Who as well, you know, so uh, right. th- that's absolutely fine. Yeah, no, gr- great. Uh, um, Mike, anything you want to mention about the uh, that aspect of Ian's cover? No, just... I wish I could have been there. Sounds like a really good convention. Of course, as, I, as I've said before, I've only ever been to one convention, and that was Gen Con back in 2009. I'd like to go to another convention sometime soon. Yeah, the, one, the one, one like this sounds like it would be fun to go to. The one difference I, I, I'm, I'm hearing from what you're saying, Ian, is as well, though, is that um, like the conventions I've been to in the UK and the galley one, uh, people spend half the time ignoring the guests and talking to other fans. <laughs> so... Um, right. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, with them not being uh, a Doctor Who guest there, they were probably less likely that you'd meet and strike up a conversation with another Doctor Who fan. Although, obviously, as you said, there were people there that had made the effort and, and dressed up as the Doctor. Yeah. Um, and and, and to, to that note, like I said, there were cosplayers there. There were so many costumes. And... I guess when I first went to conventions, you know, you just try to find something at, at, at the Goodwill or the op shop or, or the second-hand clothing place uh, that that would do. Um, and then there were the people who had a mum who could sew. It's a whole other level now. Uh, I mean, there were people in... Um, you know, it wasn't just a, a Superman T-shirt and a pair of uh, tight uh, blue pants or anything... I mean, you had people that were in full-on, like, it looked like a vinyl um, bodysuit. Um, there were people in stretched lycra stuff. There was a guy who was, who basically had body-painted his upper half. And you didn't really notice until he got close. Um, there was a guy who, actually, as we were leaving, there was a guy coming in dressed as, uh, as a Colossus from the X-Men who had his uh, whole upper portion it was all just painted silver uh, and and the lines on it and everything and it's phenomenal I mean there was every everything you could imagine there was uh, I saw a 7 of 9 and I said oh I love your costume which is a, always an awkward moment when it's a 7 of 9 because you know <laughs> it's 7 of 9 it's a bit pervy <laughs> um, 
a lot of cleavage. There was a lot of cleavage in the show. Uh, there were zombies. Uh, some really nice work on some of the zombies. There was anime stuff all over the place. Unfortunately, I don't know what half of it was. Uh, one of we're, we're collecting a list of of, of regrets from MegaCon, and one is not taking enough pictures. Actually, I just uploaded another one to, uh, or I'm in the middle of uploading it while I'm talking. <laughs> Uh, of, of of Liam in front of the TARDIS with a, a K9 as well that um, that uh, Lou had managed to um, borrow from a friend and uh, now we're obviously going. You see, that's what, what happens when I do two well, things well, at once. Well, the other the other thing I was going to ask you is, uh, was there actually a, a, some sort of competition involved in this cosplay? Are the, these people just dressed up, uh, you know, for the sheer joy of it? As far as I know, there is a there is and was a costume competition uh, that I didn't get to see. Uh, again, you know, um, I think it was probably on I think it was on Friday or Saturday night. Um, we left the con at about four thirty in the afternoon, basically because our feet were sore, uh, Callum was cranky, and we were we were pretty much done with what we came to see. Um, not being there really to to go to any. Events. I mean, there were there were panels um, by most of the guests. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't go today. There was a, a, a Voyager, a Star Trek Voyager uh, panel, which uh, had Robert Picardo and, and Tim Rust, and I'm assuming would have had Kate Mulgrew at it um, had she been able to make it. Uh, next time, Kate. We'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, the one panel we did go to. Uh, was the Warehouse 13, which, as I said, a couple of months ago, we had no interest in the show. Uh, but having basically done marathon-type watching of it, we've we've crammed in, I think, four seasons now in the in the past like months. Um, so it's like two or three or four episodes a night. Uh, and I have got to say that Eddie McClintock, who plays Pete Latimer in Warehouse 13, and I must tweet him this too because he's he is on Twitter. If if you like the show, you find find Eddie McClintock on on Twitter. Uh, he is more awesome in real life, at least in a panel, talking to people, than he is on the show. Um, and he's really funny on the show. And uh, it's one of those things. His character in the show does a lot of like pop culture references, and he does in real life too. Um, and he told a wonderful story about. Uh, how, because in the show, Kate Mulgrew plays his mother. <laughs> uh, it would have been even more interesting if she had been there, too, because it would have been interesting if they would have pulled her into the, the, the Warehouse 13 uh, panel. Uh, but originally, <laughs> when somebody had asked him who he wanted to play his mom in the show, if they ever had Pete's mom on there, he said he wanted Jane Curtin. Uh which people remember Jane Curtin from Kate Nelly and Saturday Night Live and the Coneheads, and I think she's wonderful, and obviously Eddie does too. Uh, and so he was, <laughs> he said when 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 they told him that uh, it wasn't going to be Jane Curtin, he's like, I don't want Jane Curtin, and they're like, well, it's going to be Kate Mulgrew. I don't want Kate Mulgrew. But he said when when he met her, she was just wonderful, and and he really enjoys um, having her on on the show and. And they they told some wonderful stories. It was in the uh, panel. It was Eddie McClintock, Sol Rubinek, 
and uh, Tia Carrera, who has, who was, uh, she plays Agent Kate Logan. She's been, I think, three episodes, two or three episodes. Um, don't know if she's going to return. I hope she does. One of the things they brought up there is that uh, Warehouse 13 regular season has 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. For season five, they've actually been given an extended season of 20 episodes. The other interesting thing about Warehouse 13 is they actually do a Christmas episode too. They've actually had done two so far. Uh, and it, Which is a, a bit different from a lot of shows that do a Christmas episode is that theirs is... Um, set outside of the regular season. So it doesn't follow any kind of progression. So it's a little unnerving, but they're really good stories. If you can imagine, they just kind of, you, it's like you're dipping into the Warehouse 13 archive of, of what happens on Christmas, rather than it being a progression of... Oh, you broke okay, up again. Oh, sorry. Rather than it being a progression of, this is what happened last time on Warehouse 13. Like who it, You know, there was the you know, uh, series finale, then the next episode is the Christmas one, which follows directly on within the timeline, and then you follow into the next series. Um, Warehouse 13 is just kind of... The Christmas episode is an island unto itself. There you go. Very very briefly, just for for my benefit, because I'm Mm. uh, actually made a promise to your wife that I'll try and catch a couple of these things... Is it a, a series that has, uh, you know, a season arc with it, or are they basically individual stories on Warehouse 13? Um, for the most part, they're they're individual stories. They do have reoccurring. They do have a a thread. The last season, they did have an ongoing story arc, um, but it's not that heavy, right? I don't think. I mean it you could pick it up quite easily. And with it only being 13 episodes, it doesn't make it difficult. We've got the regular seasons of 24 episodes. It makes it very, very difficult that if you've been in the middle. 14, I mean, 13, that's a little easier to manage. You can quickly go back, catch up on something, and then be in there. Um, and they do a nice job of it, too. Uh, Sol Rubinek in the in the uh, panel uh, sounded like the season pro that he is. Uh, funny, but very businesslike, and he knows uh, he knows TV. He's been around TV long enough to uh, to have learned some tricks. He was talking about the, the red cameras. I don't know what a red camera is, but he did. It's and the digital he knew, ones. Okay, and he knows all about them and what you know, what how they're better, and 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 he was you know extolling the virtues of, of the red camera and, and yeah. how much better it's got and everything. So I was For instance, clueless. the entire series of Misfits is filmed with red cameras. So there ah. you go. And some movies are now done. They've got the new red cam that's the uh, 4K, 2K red cam. You see, I'm just lost. <laughs> but it's it's, uh, yeah. 4,000 4, by 2,000 pixels. Mm. That sounds good. <laughs> Um, the other the other thing he did mention too, and I don't know whether there's any truth in it, but it does sound um, like it's plausible. <laughs> you can talk about that plausible later if you like, Mike. <laughs> uh, he mentioned the amount of uh, product placement that happens in shows, and they have to do it quite a bit. And 
how it, it's you know you've got to kind of take a certain amount of it because it helps pay for the show. If you like the show, then you've got to live with a certain amount of that because it it it, it gives them you know otherwise they'd pay the actors a lot less. Let's put it that way. So it gets your favorite show on the screen. So just yeah. Um, but he mentioned that. Uh, you show uh, shows premiere in the fall in in the U.S. Mm. and you know, the new series starts in the fall. And there's a reason for this, or one of the reasons is that's because that's when all the new cars come out. Mm. Historically, that's why one of the reasons why America has up until this point. Now it's a little different with all these cable companies coming out, like. Uh, uh, like Warehouse 13 and uh, on, on Sci-Fi and, and Comedy Central and, and that they're all making their own shows now. But it was because back when uh, Chevrolet was sponsoring, you know, uh, this show and that show, that's when they started up. Everybody wanted to see the, the new episode of something, and so they'd put it on when the new cars came out because it's by the uh, the car companies, and that's when they got the most exposure. So it, I I hadn't even thought of it that way. I just I I always figured the reason why they had new shows on in the fall is because people weren't outside playing. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't premiere something in the middle of summer because you know the you know the, there's more daylight, there's you know more things to do outside. That was my assumption. <laughs> yeah, but I mean this product placement they're getting a bit silly. I was. Watching, uh, we'll just digress for one minute. Uh, was watch, give you a chance to have a sip of your wine. Uh, mm-hmm. I was watching um, the uh, the day the earth stood still, the Keanu Reeves version. It was on TV uh, last night, and I couldn't believe the product placement on that. I mean, uh, first of all, they drive to uh, to this McDonald's. Uh, as they drive it, the, the big double arch is all over the the front. Uh, screen of the car and then they look at the watch and you see it's a citizen watch see i even remember what make it was and and the, you know the the coca-cola and the and the point is to me I, that turns me off i almost make a mental note not to you know not to uh, be drawn in with those things right but um yeah i mean i so, understand that the, the, the you know it is annoying because you see, it's like uh, we 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 just started watching Eureka again from from episode one, which is the sis- one of the sister shows of, of Warehouse 13. Uh, if you're not aware and and you start watching one or two of, of the shows from the Sci-Fi Channel, Warehouse 13, Alphas, and Eureka are all set in the same universe, uh, which means there's been crossovers between all three shows. Uh, and uh, we were just watching an episode, and, and they finished a, a video call, and the Cisco logo comes up. And it's like, well, there's some product placement for you. But again, it got really um, bad with with Eureka and product placement. I think it was towards the, the last half of the second se- season when uh, Degree Antiperspirant was very much involved in the story. They sponsored the projects that Eureka were was working on, and their name was all over the place. Right. So it got really bad in that season. Yeah, uh, but I mean, at least I guess with with that there was a certain amount of stuff that you could get away with. Um, they had they worked the commercials that, that were on during the show into the whole um, 
Eureka Universe where they were they were testing these products and you know tested it you know in Eureka you know which was it was kind of fun at least it was fun I can say that you know rather than like you know the guy setting his can of coke down on the table you know and then focusing on that at least it was done in a in a you know if you're going to do product placement I guess that's a a cool way of doing it you know kind of uh, drawing attention to the fact. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've got a story to tell. Now, when I went through the list uh, probably a, a good month ago, checked back into your back catalogue of, of Coltham shows, uh, one of them drew Dave's eye, and that was... Uh, what's name? Oh, yes, Charisma Carpenter. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's the kind of reaction I get. Uh, Dave's like, oh, Chris McCarpenter's going to be there. And I'm like, who? He's <laughs> like, Chris McCarpenter. I'm like, okay. Um, apparently she's been an angel in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's like Cordelia Chase. See? It's this, the the obviously voice I get from Dave. Um, I may have seen her in something I don't know. You probably uh, saw her in Baywatch first, because that was the first thing she was on on TV. She no, played uh, really, his son, his, his son's first girlfriend. I think she played. I don't think, I don't think I've ever watched that show We should have on Friday Night Trivia. <laughs> yes, there you go. I try introducing that kind of stuff, but you guys go all highbrow and crap on me. So <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, she was in Boy Meets World. I might have seen her in that. Who knows? But no, not Baywatch. I never watched Baywatch. Um, which I know sounds weird for me, you know, boobs wobbling down the beach. But yeah, Veronica uh, Mars, she was in. Never saw that either. But anyway, that's that's uh, beside the point. Uh, I knew that, that that Dave had a certain um, lusting. I mean, no, sorry, affinity for Charisma Carpenter. And so my plan was with Diane was to get up there and ask her if she would record a little video message for Dave, and I would give her the whatever dollar value, you know, for an autograph. In, in, in yep, lieu of an gone. autographed photo. Oh, I went again? Yep. Stop uploading that picture. <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything. It's Megan. She's probably watching something. Um, but yeah, I had uh, my plan was to get her to record a short video message. Um, and and I would pay her the, the the autograph fee rather than getting a picture signed. I would say, would you do this? Uh, unfortunately, I got to her handler before I got to her. She was dealing with uh, another fan at the time, and he motioned me up to pick what picture I wanted signed. And so I asked him, and he said that she couldn't. But, but. As he's explaining this to me, he says, well, you can still say hello if you like. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to him, I was like, look, I don't really know who she is. Which really sounds bad. And I was trying to avoid this. I just kind of wanted to, I just wanted, wanted to get out of there and 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 be done with the whole embarrassing incident. But gone she again. overheard, I'm gone again? Yeah. I'm not doing anything, honest. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> Any better? Yep, I think we've got you still. <laughs> Until I start talking again, and it'll just break up. Yep. But anyway, um, I uh, 
I was talking to him, and 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 she overheard, and she was kind of like looking because she was done. Oh dear lord! She was never going to get the story out in the public, Dave. <laughs> never, never going to get it out in the public. Nobody will ever know the lengths I went to for you. So you, you did she overhear something or what? Well, yeah, she. Uh, as I, as I was talking, she kind of like glanced over, and she's kind of like, "Hi." <laughs> and so I quickly explained, probably sounding like an, uh, you know, escaped convict, uh, escape, es- yeah. escape guy from a lunatic asylum, uh, that my best wife, who's over in England, is a big fan, and didn't didn't go into the whole video thing, but she goes, "Oh, that's lovely," you know, tell him. I said hi. <laughs> and that's all I needed. And so yeah. I'm like, I will, thank you. And off I went, picked up my iPhone, and I know that Dave's got his iPad now. So I quick messaged him and said, and I mistyped everything, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and ended up deleting the original message. But he got he got it before um, I could delete it. That basically that uh, Charisma Carpenter says hi, and I'm not kidding. Yep. She uh, actually we... said hi. Say hi to Dave. So it wasn't the video message, but I think you appreciated it anyway. Oh, it was brilliant. And the timing was just right because uh, I'd been delayed doing my V blog. Uh, anybody just listening to this who doesn't know, I do a Dave AC V blog every uh, Friday night usually. And uh, uh, I'd, I'd been busy helping on Torchu, uh so I couldn't do it. So on the Saturday night, I thought, well, I better get it done. And I was just about to record it. Uh, and that message from Ian came through. So um, basically, I was really quite buzzing when I was doing my V-blog. That uh, is um, the one that's just gone up this week, uh, episode 187. God, 187 of those. <laughs> You've uh, done that many. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. So uh, th- I did thank you on that, and I thank you again, Ian. Um, it's almost the same as when we had... Um, a mutual friend shake hands uh, at two different cons that we've yes. talked about before. Yes, yes. Um, I've, you know, I can't help thinking it's one of those things where I wish I had gone up earlier because there was a time where, I know it's hard for you to believe, that there was nobody at our table. Um, oh. Mainly because it, it, you know, uh, she had just got back and Tom Felton was there. So it was just a sea of, of people uh, um, but I was standing there trying to figure out whether I should go up there because it's an odd question to ask, yeah. especially when you're not a fan of. If I'd been a fan and knew who she was, it'd be different, because then I could strike up a conversation of like, "Oh, I loved you and Buffy, and you're awesome and uh, an angel, and yeah, love all the work you do." Hey, would you mind? That would have been my in. Yeah. But not having an in, and uh, you'd think being an actor, I could have faked it. No. No, no, no. And, and if I'd gone up right away, I, I probably could have got talking to her, and she might have said, "Yeah, sure." Or I can't do video, but I can do audio, you know, or something like that. Who knows? But ah, the message got through, and, and that's and that's the main thing. Oh, it cheered me up no end. I'm very grateful for you today. I know it's still a sort of a greeting by proxy, but. Um, uh, that is uh, what I'll take, and that's what we got. I'm yeah. uh, thrilled you you made the effort to do it, and um, uh, really, it was good. 
Originally, I'd planned to send Diane there because I figured it's a lot less creepy if a woman does it. <laughs> like if Diane yeah. were to go up there, it's like it's a woman asking my friend Dave or you know, our friend Dave. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> would have been far less creepy than I want to get you on video. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't an impression of me, I hope. But, um, no, it was an impression of you know, probably how it would have come across to her if I had you know, asked her. Um, I, I talked to her a little earlier about regrets. Um, after seeing uh, Eddie McClintock and, and Saul Rubinick on stage, I really I, I, I rushed out to see whether I could get in line to get photo a professional photo done. Um, with the warehouse, thirteen people, because we realised that we loved the show even more after seeing the the cast on stage, which is an interesting thing because sometimes you see actors and they're out of their element, and you realise that you know maybe they're not as uh, witty or or cool as their characters are on TV. Uh, they may be able to extol certain things about oh well, well, well we were filming this happened and and this was really funny. Um, but they were genuinely really entertaining. Um, and Tia Carrera, for only having been in a couple of episodes, uh, had just a wonderful um, chemistry with with with, with Saul and, and, and Eddie, um, which just it really endeared me to the show even more. And for a show that when I first saw an episode of it on Sci-Fi Channel, I was like, eh, it's a little weird and kind of, eh. I don't know. It just seemed a bit cheap, a kind of a cheap X Files type knockoff type. Uh, um, what's the other show I'm thinking of? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the series. Wow. If anyone remembers that, where they go out and they collect these cursed items. Uh, same lines of that. Um, they go out and find these artifacts, uh, usually that have some. They're tied to a significant person, like. Um, and Frank, or or uh, or Einstein, or or uh, Houdini, like Houdini's chains, or something like that. They're yeah. imbued with certain powers, or a curse, or or ability because of the person they were linked to, or the event they were linked to. Like Houdini's chains from from when he died. You know, they give you the ability to chain somebody up uh, and, and drown them. You know. Um, but the 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 bad part of them, <laughs> not like that isn't bad enough, is they do something to the the possessor. Uh, that's generally the 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 lowdown of that show. Doesn't right. sound good the way I explain it. I suggest you watch the first season and then judge for yourselves, uh, because I'm really a Warehouse 13 convert. The neat thing about that is with MegaCon is that Eddie McClintock's sister lives in Bradenton. This is about an hour and 15 minutes north of me, which means there's a good chance that uh, the missed opportunity that we had uh, this year at MegaCon will not be so next year because they may be able to get him back again because he can come visit his sister. Right. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. I'm going to ask in a minute, Mike, to just uh, quickly, because we've only actually talked about the ones that um, you know about, and there was a whole other gaggle of guests that were related yeah. to uh, comic books. But uh, one name that seems to be missing to me when, obviously, we're talking about Chris McCarpenter, uh, is, is James Mars, Marsden. I'll never get his name right. Who, who Marsden. played Sp- Marsden, who played Spike. And, of course, he was in Torchwood, uh, yeah. and he was in... Um, Obviously, in Angel and Buffy, and he's been in a, a number of other things. Uh, he was in Smallville, uh, played Brainiac, didn't he? In Smallville, uh, I'm surprised somebody like him wasn't uh, one of the guests. But perhaps he's working on something else at the moment. I don't know if he's been there in the past or not. He may very well have been. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, it's been a couple of years since we were there. Um, this may end up being a, a family event for us. My wife wasn't. It's very difficult work with uh, a one and a half year old, but as you know, I mean, next year when we go, he'll be two and a half, and so that makes it a little easier. He's you can actually communicate with with Callum more, and but he seemed to take it all in, which was lovely. He did very well, considering there was a lot of noise, but there was a lot for him to look at too. Um, and just before we get to the, the comic book guests, uh, Liam had a great time. He was a bit bored with some of the things because we went to the warehouse panel and he he's really got into Minecraft. Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> and uh, he only played that because I told him, told him that you played it, you know. <laughs> um, now, Glad to be now, of service. <laughs> I don't see him anymore. I see him for dinner. The rest of the time he's on Minecraft. <laughs> he wants a new computer so it'll handle Minecraft better. Not on your life, I tell you. But um, he he found a poster from a show. It's an anime show, and if 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 I had it in front of me, I could tell you what it was, and, and Mike would probably be able to tell you all about it. Um, but there's also a, a, a show called Sergeant Frog that he's watched over and over again on Netflix. Sergeant Frog is brilliant. Liam seems to think so as well. I was a little... Oh, you're watching... I'm turning into my father. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, I'm turning into my father, and he's got this show on, and I'm... Really? You're watching this? It's a frog. Um... Hmm... (laughs) But uh, he got this... uh, He got a ghetto um, hat uh, at the convention. Basically, he, he had been onto Skylanders, which is available for the Wii. It's, uh, and it's got these little figures that you can put on a portal, and they magically appear in the game and stuff. And <laughs> see, God, I'm standing on my phone. Magically appear. I'm in IT. I, <laughs> I shouldn't be using the word magically. Um, but he had been buying up these figures to use in this game, and that's what he'd been spending this pocket money on. Allowance, if you're American. Uh, and I'd said to him, well, why don't you start saving up your money for Megacon? So if you see something there, you can buy it. And so he did. And so his grandma gave him $10 before he went up. So he basically had... He had $40 before and for his money. Grandma put in 10 and I and and... Because he'd saved up for a couple of... Because he gets $5 a week. Because he'd saved up, 
I threw in another 10. So he got his uh, ghetto hat and this poster from some anime show he started watching. Um, yes, he is your little brother, Mike. <laughs> He's like now getting in, into anime. I mean, I keep looking at the queue in Netflix, and there's all these anime shows showing up. He has good it's taste. Like, yeah, it's like, wow. Um but he had fun. He and and he started looking for Transformers again, which I was really, you know, happy with. Uh, but there's a, a ton of shopping if you really want to go shopping at, at, at for whether you whether it's for a, a current show. Uh, I was really really a useless builder of models. I remember building a model ship when I was a little boy, and I built the hull of I put the hull of it together. And put a couple of things on the deck, but never got past that because I was—I really wanted to put it in the bath, and that was as far as it got. I never finished building this this model, <laughs> uh, but there were um, weapon weapons from sci-fi, sci-fi shows, uh, like they had Star Trek phasers and they had uh, um, John Crichton's uh, gun from uh, Far Escape. And they actually had, this year, they had a, a Tesselector from Warehouse 13. Yes, I'm focusing on that show again. Because it's a bit steampunk. Um, right. And so, but again, so it, to buy it assembled, it was 110 120 bucks. To buy just the model kit, it was like $30, $40. But I'm bloody useless at it. So I, I kind of wish I hadn't and just found somebody to do it for me. Uh, maybe I'll find some one of our friends on the, you know, on the Colton Collective who is who's really good at these kind of things, and and maybe next time I go up, I'll, I'll get it. Um, but yeah, there's something for everybody in 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 those aisles of of all the vendors. You can uh, buy something from a current show, a poster, uh, a signed autographed uh, autograph, um, lovely display case that you can put on your wall. Uh, of just about anybody, uh, or you can recapture your childhood. Like I said, there's Transformers there. Some of them are really expensive. Um, there was an Optimus Prime there. I was really sorely tempted because I never got one as a kid, and it was one of those things that, like now I could actually have one, uh, but I just uh, I decided not to. So anything you really want to do at, at MegaCon, you can you can get it with. Celebrity of your choice. Uh, there's no end of, of sci-fi and uh, comic and uh, fantasy-related items, from from fairy wings that you can buy to these little creatures that sit on your shoulder and there's a little. Um, they're hooked up to a wire, and basically you spin this little thing in your hand, and and the creature looks like it's moving on your shoulder. It's awesome. Liam's saving up his money for one of those probably get it at, at the next Renaissance Fair, but that's beside the point. But yeah, there's everything. There's there's artwork, there's uh, toys, videos, everything. And like I said, uh, if, if any of you follow, follow me on Twitter, there's a lot of people doing cosplay, and that's one of my bugbears that I just want to mention before we get into talking about the comic guests, which hopefully Mike will... Uh, Yep. Expand on because we, we we took a walk through the artist alley you. and it 
we took a walk through the, the artist's alley while we were there, just because Liam was, was there. And there's some people who do some lovely stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not into half the comics that are there. Mainly because I don't have enough time to read anything. Um, and I find it getting very expensive now as well. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean you... the, there used to be comics, and now there's there's graphic novels and right, and everything. Right. And, and, and the funny thing is we were sitting there waiting for, because Megan went to the bathroom at one point, and, and Liam was looking over at one of the comic booths, and he's like, I didn't know Spider-Man died. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's dead. But there's a new Spider-Man. Peter Parker's dead, but some other guy took over, and so it's all good. <laughs> so it was just a, it was just an odd thing. Um, and I forgot where spoiler I was warning, going. Spoiler warning, spoiler warning. <laughs> yeah, spoiler warning. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with my original thought before I was going to turn this over to Mike. Um, so if anyone can remember. Well, well, yeah, you you, you were telling there's an awful lot more. This was the uh, the whole areas basically. I assume that because of your limited time there, you, you couldn't explore. So right. I think what you were trying to say that there's an awful lot there, and you'll probably find something of uh, interest. I mean, right. it's such a diverse uh, lot of guests. Perhaps while you just sort of gather your final thoughts together mm-hmm. Mike yeah. can give us a quick rundown of um, the uh, the um, the comic guests I realise he won't know all of them but perhaps you can pick out one or two names for us Mike well after all of that build up besides Stan Lee who was there there's only other only one other name from that list that I actually recognise and that's a, a guy who's rather n- new on the professional comic scene He's, his name is Brian Clevenger it's a guy that I found out about Close enough to a decade ago, he had this. He has this website, nuclearpower.com. That's nuclear spelled with a K. Where he did he did a sprite comic called Eight Bit Theater, which basically he retold the story, and he made up a story basically for the very first Final Fantasy game using the characters Fighter, Red Mage, Black Mage, and Thief. Using it was all using sprites from the original game, and he made up a story to go with the game because the game didn't really have much of a story, and that that comic went on for several thousand episodes, and after that he moved on to doing his own original stories. Atomic Robo is what he's best known for now, and I've read some of those, and oh, it's, he's he's really good, and he was there at Megacon this weekend. Um, I'm looking through the through the list. We have some artists from IDW, some uh, artists behind the Star Trek and Doctor Who lines, which is interesting because coming up in May we have the Doctor Who Star Trek The Next Generation crossover with Assimilation Squared. So they were already plugging that at Megacon this weekend, which is rather cool. But beyond that, yeah. I'm not that familiar with a lot of these comic artists. No, but the, the different genres are covered there, aren't they? There's uh, Arnie oh, Star from yeah. Star Trek and Who. Um, uh, what else? Amazing Spider-Man, Zeb Wells. Um, uh, Rennie... Whittles, Whitteslatter, is it? Uh, Superman, Silver Surfer. So I'm sure the people, if they go, this is the www.megaconvention.com forward slash view forward slash comic guests. Mike Perkins, Captain America, Thor, and so on. Donna Rosa from Scrooge, Matt Duck and Donald Duck. Um, they're all pretty well... Uh, Name there, and I'm sure we may not be uh, Jeremy Dale Skyward and G.I. Joe. Um, so I would imagine that uh, many of the main genres are covered there. Of course, Stan Lee is the uh, the sort of uh, star name amongst all of those. 
Well, we've gone nearly an hour and a quarter, Ian, and, uh, and thank you for yeah. doing that. Um, <laughs> it's only supposed to be a half hour show, folks, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, mostly I mean, me talking, so. I mean, I, I, admittedly, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, one of the reasons was a, a pragmatic reason for you going here than, than going to one of the other ones. But hmm. it turns out from what you've said to have been an enjoyable family experience, one that you can perhaps recommend to others. And oh, that, yes. uh, with things like that, you don't you don't ever go and try and cover all of it. You, um, you know, you, you go and uh, sadly for you, of course, the Kate Mulgrew, the, the, the perhaps the, the top name you've gone to see. For that, and that's something we ought to say to everybody who's perhaps not gone to any conventions. They always say that these uh, guest appearances are subject to availability, and if they get uh, called on something else, uh, I, we just should mention we've got uh, Tim Fisher and we've got Rick Wall just come into the room. Uh, hi guys, we're almost done here. Uh, it's just Ian giving. Well, not just it's a great <laughs> episode of Ian giving his report on the MegaCon that he went to in. Uh, uh, Orlando, Florida, just this weekend. So, um, yep. basically, if you can sum up, uh, we'll end at that. Yeah, um, again, uh, I'm uh, hoping through this that um, that throughout the year I will bring you more updates of of, of, of the what's happening with the next Megacon. Um, I'm going to try and, and, and get in contact with the people who run the convention and uh, and get some updates of, of the next one, and and maybe do a little more kind of legwork uh, next year. Like I said, it's a bit difficult when you've got a, a young family. Um, Liam's, you know, willing and able, but uh, Callum's still not quite quite so portable in, in that kind of environment. But uh, uh, listen out for for more about Megacon. It's 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 difficult to describe because it's not really like any convention I'd been to before. I mean, I've been to the creation conventions, which are very kind of structured and, and uh, here's the dealer's room, here's the the where all the talks take place, and you can sit here, or you if you want to be a bit closer, you can buy a silver level pass, a gold level pass, and a platinum level pass as far as where you want to sit to, to, to listen to your favorite um, celebrity talk about something, uh, and then there's the small conventions where uh, it's it's more of a one-on-one thing, and uh, you get that more intimate contact. This is somewhere in between where the the main convention floor is the dealer's room, and there's an area for just walking up and and, and meeting these guests in a semi-formal kind of atmosphere. And then there's the uh, the panels that they have that, that, like I said, I only saw one, but it was brilliant. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I don't know the gentleman's name, but whoever was emceeing the whole thing, the guy who was introducing the Warehouse 13 panel and um, you know, taking the questions from the floor was brilliant. Uh, I wish I knew his name because he did a very, very good job. Of, of kind of warming the audience up and saying, you know, they're coming out in a minute, and he was quite funny and and engaging. Um, again, I hope to have more information over the next year of what's coming up for the next MegaCon, and uh, and and what it entails too, because I've got to imagine that it is a 
a, a very difficult thing to execute. Uh, we're talking about uh, just in media guests alone, I think there are at least 20 to 25 media guests. Then you've got the artist Ali, uh, which is a different kind of celebrity status, of course. Um, but again, celebrity nonetheless, that you've got to uh, cater to uh, provide them enough space to work with. Uh, and then you can, like I said, all these other celebrities who have got certain, I'm sure, certain things that you know they need, want, have to have. Don't sit me anywhere next to this person, or um, you know, I'd like to. We all like to sit together, or you know, it's going to be a really difficult thing to execute. Um, and so, hopefully, uh, between now and, and, and next uh, next year's MegaCon, we'll get some of the organizers involved um, to to come on the Colton Collective and uh, and let us know. Yeah, yeah. and from. <clears throat> From time to time as well, um, we do do these uh, special studio episodes. We're we're actually doing this um, direct to the Torture site because yes. um, we, we we want to get this. It, it will probably uh, not appear for a few days. We've just been, as uh, we record this, just getting over doing the uh, episode on uh, To Bold to Go uh, in Science. That was the uh, Perry G one. But um, Ian, you're, you're hoping to do a couple of other reports, aren't you? You're hoping to get back with your New Zealand friend and, and so on. And so we do try and vary this. And of course, uh, other people will know that uh, to look out for the commentaries that we're doing. We're currently doing the Life on Mars. That's the UK series of Life on Mars. We're on series two. And I think the next episode, which Ian, Mike and myself will be commentating on, will be uh, episode six. We'll probably get that up during the uh, the week, so that will be the next episode that will be going up after this. And then, of yep. course, on the upcoming Sunday uh, is the Sunday of the Oscars, and Colton will be talking about our uh, picks and our favourites for the Oscars. Uh, our show will be on the same day as the Oscars, but a few hours before they air. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to say before we close hope this is kind of entertaining. It was mainly me rambling on somewhat currently, somewhat incoherently about about um, how much fun we had there. And uh, yeah, I hope if any of you decide that you want to come down to Orlando to come to one of these, I mean, I know it's usually around the same time as Galley, and most of our listeners are, are, are Doctor Who fans, and so it's kind of a toss-up. Um, who wants to go to Orlando when it's nice and warm out and, you know, uh, there's Disney and Universal and SeaWorld and yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You want to go to Galley? Yes. Uh, but yeah, if this has enticed you to to to, to go to the next MegaCon or at least you know think about coming down, if you do go down, drop us a line and and let us know. Because um, maybe we can do a cult made meetup. You never know. Um, maybe I'll have a booth there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I hope that that you got some kind of enjoyment out of this report, as wine was involved. And I'm just going to blame it all on um, a Hogue 2007 Merlot and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm drinking a, a, a French wine. I should have said uh, it's from the Languedoc region, a Merlot Cabernet Franc, uh, Masson Murel Verdoux. 
which I'm murdering, nearly as much as we murdered some of the names of the guests at Megacon, and there I'm just clinking my glass in appreciation. So let's not uh, drag this out now. It's been a good report from Ian. Uh, He uh, passed on a good wish message to me from... uh, Chris McCarpenter, she wants my phone number. She's thinking yes. of us going out, <clears throat> and I'm embroidering it more and more as the, <laughs> the evening goes on. And the more so, he drinks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as you just said, Romana 2 has dropped in just as we're coming to the end. And uh, thank you very much for doing that. But we are going to wrap up. So, um, Mike, any, any quick question, uh, and then we'll say our goodbyes. Not a question, but I do have a quick yes. anecdote to pass along. Yes, you <laughs> it's, do. It's about the people that the people that you might run into if you wander around the show floors enough. Apparently, earlier this afternoon, uh, there's, there's there's this one really well-known Slender vlog story up on YouTube that's going on called Tribe 12, and the creator of that series, Adam Rosner, was there at MegaCon, and he he mentioned earlier today that he was being stalked by someone cosplaying Slenderman, and soon after that he ran into Jamie Heineman of Mythbusters fame, who was he wasn't there as a guest or anything, he was just there to visit Megacon. So, and uh, Adam had a picture taken of him, this, uh, the, the person cosplaying as Slenderman, and Jamie with Jamie holding up a sign saying, Myth Confirmed. So, <laughs> just a little anecdote there of who you might run into if you wander around the showroom floor enough, at a, at a well, at a well-visited convention, <laughs> such as Megacon, Jamie from Mythbusters himself was there. Don't know about Adam Savage, but Jamie was there. Adam Savage is well known for wandering around conventions incognito. Uh, yeah, in oh. costume. <laughs> yes, he loves to walk around in various costumes. Actually, uh, Comic-Con, he did that, and there was a competition to find him at, at, at Comic-Con. And somebody actually did win. They they eventually, and y- you wouldn't have um, you wouldn't have found them if you know. I don't know how this woman realized. Yeah, I think he was, was cosplaying a stormtrooper there, so you can't tell in a stormtrooper yeah. costume. Oh, and, really and one other thing, just just so you know, Mike, there was at least five um, uh, portal cosplayers. Five. Uh-huh. There was somebody who had an awesome-looking portal, uh, and she was she was well. I mean, it was a, a female as well. Which, you know, for any of you who have played Portal, the the character in it is female, supposedly. If you manage to see yourself in a portal, um, and the the costume was very very nicely done. But uh, also, uh, just just a side note: uh, if you're on Facebook, go to uh, the Megacon page on Facebook, and there's plenty of pictures on there. Uh, it was a well good um, uh, Wookiee on there as well. Liam says, oh, it's Chewbacca. I'm like, well, it was actually just a Wookiee. But, you know. <laughs> but, like Dave said, uh, I've rambled on plenty, so uh, we will wrap this show up. So, in our usual style, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Dave A.C. If Dave's there. David? I'm here. I was muted. And it's goodbye from the Sixth Doctor. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.